You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's spotlight Colin Kaepernick's impact and other top stories around the league with one of the best football journalists in the nation, Peter King of the MMQB, who's teamed up with NFL Game Pass. Earlier, I chatted with Peter and started the conversation by asking him if Eric Reed of the 49ers, who took a knee next to Colin Kaepernick last year, was correct in saying that the message of Kaepernick's original protest may have been lost based on what we've been seeing seeing recently at NFL stadiums. Well, I think the message for different players has been different. It is different. For instance, um, if you ask Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles, he will say that he is most concerned with criminal justice reform, that uh, black men in America go to jail for a lot longer and their paroles are extremely different than their white counterparts. Um, and, I mean, it's a, it's a complex issue, but it's one of the ones that he w- is working on. And I think, that, I think that in a very, very broad brush, I would say that, you know, civil rights for minorities in America is uh, is the concern of all the people who are protesting in the NFL. But, you know, Malcolm Jenkins has gone along, gone along, gone on right alongs with cops in Philadelphia. He, Doug Baldwin of the uh, of the Seahawks and other very vocal people. Uh, really have a lot of, I, I don't know if the right word is love for police officers, but who have very, very high regard for police officers, whereas Colin Kaepernick wore pig socks. And you know, with in, with uh, you know, police officers in them, and so I, there's a lot of differing philosophies and differing attitudes as to why people are protesting. But I do think it has to be it's it's mostly concerning what is uh, what's happening with the plight of minorities in America. Peter King of the MMQB is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, Cam Newton back from the shoulder procedure, but also dealing with an ankle issue. Heading into Sunday's game against the Patriots, based on your conversations, how concerned are the Panthers about their franchise quarterback? I think they're only concerned from the standpoint that, okay, he didn't play well late last year at all, uh, was hurt a little bit, now is healthy, and has not started this year well. I think that uh, we still don't know right now whether Cam Newton is going to buy everything that Mike Shula and Ron Rivera are selling in that, you know, check down, use your backs more. I mean, it's it's sad for them that they lost Greg Olson for half the season because he was going to be a key part of that philosophy, too. I think if I could sum it up, they want Cam Newton to take the easier completions and uh, to not put himself in harm's way as much. Not to totally change how he plays the game, but essentially to basically take the easier things. You know, take it to, if they're going to give you six yards, take it. If they're going to take the swing pass and give you, and if, if the defense is going to give them, uh, you know, is going to give them Christian McCaffrey in space, take it. And so I think that is what we still don't know, um, you know, if Kaepernick is going to, or if Kaepernick, if, uh, if Cam Newton is going to be very good at. But I will say this. I think that Cam Newton scored points this week in all ways, uh, you know, by supporting Colin Kaepernick and really speaking up for him. I know that, that I think people 
really look at leader players, which Cam Newton certainly is on his team. And people look at that, and when you talk very highly about a guy like Colin Kaepernick, who probably has sacrificed his career for this cause, or who may have sacrificed his career, I think that guys who are currently in the league speaking up for him score a lot of points, uh, not only with their teammates, uh, but in the, in the public eye as well. Going around the league with Peter King, let's focus on another injury situation. Chuck Pagano, as you know, said this week he was optimistic that Andrew Luck could finally come back to practice next week. Considering that Luck reportedly had the shoulder procedure in January, Peter, how puzzling has this whole situation been? Well, I'm surprised. Quite frankly, I'm surprised because when I was at their training camp in the middle of August, it seemed like it was going to be somewhere between two and four weeks before he returned to practice. And then after that, maybe a couple of weeks of practice and he'd be playing. I don't think, I think most people in Indianapolis, they didn't know, but I think most people felt, oh, he'll be playing by October 1st. And clearly, you know, Sunday is October 1st, and he's not even practicing yet. So, I mean, I, I, I would, I've said this for several weeks. I expect him to practice next week, and I still expect him to practice next week. But obviously, you know, I, I, I'll just tell you one thing about this, Brian, that I think is being overlooked a little bit. The, the Colts have basically said to their doctors, the only thing we want you to tell us is what is best for Andrew Luck long term. And if you think there's any danger of a recurrence of an injury, if he returns at some point, don't tell us that. We only want to hear he's absolutely fine, he's 100%, and this is not going to be an issue going forward. And until they hear that, he's not going to go on the practice field. I applaud Indianapolis for doing that. I really do. But I think everybody's sense of a timeline has really been thrown off in the last couple of weeks. So if I'm listening closely, is there a chance we don't see Andrew Luck at all this season? No, I don't think so. I think it's more likely that he begins practice sometime in the next week or two. And what then happens is that he plays maybe starting around week eight uh, when they go to Cincinnati um, and then plays for a couple of weeks, then they have their bye. So that's if you ask me my gut feeling, my gut feeling is now we're going to see Andrew Luck for about half the season. Let's head to Kansas City. Alex Smith, stellar to start the season, but we know Patrick Mahomes is the Chiefs quarterback of the future. Is Smith already auditioning for a new team to play for next season, or could he be extending his time in Kansas City? That is a great, great question. If you were to ask me, my gut feeling as we sit here right now, that that could be affected and will be affected by how Alex Smith plays the rest of the year, my gut feeling is exactly what you say which is that uh, Alex Smith is going to be elsewhere on opening day 2018. But, and this is a big but, honestly, to me, I think that he holds, this, he holds his future in his hands. And if you look at the way he's playing right now, to me, I think one of the most interesting things when you watch him play is that not only is he completing three-quarters of his passes, Okay, which is ridiculous, obviously. But his yards per attempt is way up. And that is because, as Andy Reid told me in the offseason, 
or he, I'm sorry, he told me after the first game, he said, look, he practiced his deep ball throwing with Tyreek Hill and with the other receivers a lot more this year than, uh, than he had in the past. And we're seeing the fruits of that. And, look, as long as Tyreek healthy stays Hill, uh, stay, uh, Tyreek Hill stays healthy, excuse me, um, I think we're going to see a good to very good deep passing offense in Kansas City, and then they're going to have a huge decision to make at the end of the year. Let's wrap it up with NFL Game Pass, a tremendous asset, Peter, given all the time you spend on the road. How does this help you in your preparation and your takeaways from what's going on around the league? Look, he, he's a thing that I can do every week is like every Tuesday and Wednesday when I have time to sit down and do some homework like this week I really needed to see because I was working on all the anthem stuff Sunday night I barely saw any of uh, Washington and Oakland and I wanted to see Washington's defense particularly and that was a really impressive job and the reason why I mention this is that the, the best part of NFL Game Pass by far is the fact that you can see condensed games in about 35 minutes. So instead of having to fast-forward your, you know, your DVR and, and, and all that stuff and miss a play here, miss a play there, they do it for you. And so basically I can sit there for, say, four hours early in the week, and I can watch – five or six games that I did not get to watch on Sunday. And that's the way I catch up with my work. And I just think, look, I would speak about NFL Game Pass like this, whether the MMQB partnered with them or not, which we did this year. But I just think for a, for a football fan, a real football fan, you can see the same tape that the coaches watch, and you can see these condensed games I just think it's a fantastic product, and I'm, I've been bullish on them for a few years. Peter, as always, we appreciate the insights and look forward to chatting with you on a regular basis in the coming weeks here on the NFL on TuneIn. Sounds great. Thank you so much. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart, live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! The National Football League is on TuneIn.